Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to episode number five of the Polarizer podcast. Today I'll be talking to Thomas. He's a good friend and a really smart guy who's lived in some interesting parts of this world. The guy wrote his first master's thesis in an embassy in Zimbabwe, and he traveled through South Africa for leisure during that time. His first master's degree is in international law, and he's currently in Taiwan studying Chinese, learning to read and write it and speak it. And besides that, he's working on another master's degree in Asia-Pacific studies. In his spare time there, he DJs, he hosts parties, and he has a little shoe business going on there as a side business. So very, very ambitious dude, very fun to talk to, very smart guy. Always love talking to him. And we talk about uh, his adventures overseas and the lessons he took from that and what it's like to be able to speak Chinese, which is pretty cool. And we know each other from being in a rock band when we were in our teens. We were uh, 17 or so. And um, I threw a little barbecue to get the band back together. We hadn't seen each other in years. So toward the end of the show, the rest of the guys show up and say hi. So that's a fun little moment. As we were recording this uh, two racks of ribs were slow cooking in the big green egg grill in the backyard. So there's a little celebration of the good life coming through in the recording every now and then. Shame the microphones didn't pick up the smell because, damn, that that stuff smelled so good, man. Anyway, it was a fun show to record, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to it as much as I did recording it. Tell your friends about the show if you like it. Give us a like on iTunes, give us a review on iTunes and all that good stuff. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, guys. 大家好，你现在在听的《Polarizer》Podcast，你你们大家快要中秋这个最好的一个Podcast啊，谢谢大家。Alright, you ready to roll, man? <coughs> I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> like a boss. Mm. Alright, dude. Well, welcome back to the country. Yeah, thanks. How long have you been back now? I've been back for about. One and a half weeks now, another uh, few days to go, and then I'll be heading heading back to Taiwan. How, how far are we away from that? Um, you mean like uh, when I'll be departing back to Taiwan, or yeah, um, I'll be leaving next week Wednesday, so that's it's pretty quick. Yeah, you've been home for two weeks then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you gotta hit the school benches once again. <laughs> Can't skip too many classes. True. Yeah. Well, your uh, your latest trip overseas was Taiwan, obviously, but I wanted to talk first uh, about your trip to Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah, sure. Which uh, which is an adventure with many interesting stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's already... Uh, to, for, first, first, tell me about um, what, what your study is and, and what's the reason for you going there. Oh, the reason for going to Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like a holiday destination for most people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be surprised, actually. A lot of people go there for the safari tourism. Um, but at the time, I was studying international law, um, also with the with the aim of ultimately, hopefully, becoming a, a diplomat. So, um, you know, Zimbabwe is, is a country with a, a number of challenges, to say the least. Right. Um, yeah. And um, as... As as a as a diplomat in the foreign service, serve, uh, serving your country abroad, um, I believe it's 
it's it's important to to not be shy of tackling any challenges for sure and in, in that sense <laughs> zimbabwe is is full full of challenges yeah you went in at the deep end right away i mean <laughs> <laughs> true true on the one hand as i say um zimbabwe has a lot of areas where where it can improve upon but on the other hand it, it is a relatively stable country when when people think of uh, sub-saharan africa they often think of civil wars is it uh, though because they got the hyper inflation going on and uh, yeah. Ac- yeah actually uh, they they did have that that was in about 2009 uh they they within a few years they went from spending uh one zimbabwean dollar notes to literally spending 100 trillion zimbabwean <laughs> notes uh, yeah so 100 trillion 100 trillion literally yeah wow so uh as you can imagine that currency uh didn't uh, end up so well Jesus. it uh, went bust and uh, people basically lost all their Savings. Even uh, even if you're if you wipe your ass with it, that's cheaper than buying toilet paper. That is correct, Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that correct. That is correct. Um, so so rather soon afterwards, they uh, they started using um, uh, excuse me American dollars, right? Um, which they in turn obviously couldn't print themselves. To get, they had to import. No. Which uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Which which led to uh, pretty disgusting uh, American dollar notes. Because in a regular system, you know, the, the the central bank would take out of rotation um, the bills that become dirty or they get torn <laughs> and they just put in new ones. But that wasn't the case in Zimbabwe. So on occasion, you would uh, rather spend your uh, newly earned dollars as soon as possible rather oh, than keep them in your wallet <laughs> for any second longer. Wow. You can't even, I don't know, like that's not something... I would um, come up with myself. Holy shit! Like, <laughs> that, yeah. that's a problem that's so foreign to us. That's uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But uh, I must tell you, Dick, uh, I've had, I've had some good times in Zimbabwe. Oh yeah, I believe you, man. You told me some crazy stories. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a very um, a very um, close international community. Okay. And uh, the weather is great, and you can definitely see some interesting wildlife. But there's a chopper, man, they're coming for you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sending me uh, back uh, to Taiwan a bit sooner. Yeah, or the Zimbabwean government. That's <laughs> 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 the Zimbabwean government. Uh, yeah. uh, do, do they have helicopters down there? Um, yeah, a bit a bit few. Uh, not as many as in Netherlands, maybe. Yeah. But uh, Pretty sure Mugaba has a couple of private ones. I'm I'm sure he does. Yeah. Do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, tell me some crazy adventures too, man, because uh that that I, I want to hear the cool stories. The cool yeah. stories. Like I re- I remember a story uh, where you went to some bar and you looked at some guy the wrong way or something and and you know, someone found a reason out of nowhere to uh be <laughs> be angry with you and and you you were in a car chase for for like half an hour and uh. <laughs> um yeah that was mostly actually in uh in, in south africa where i also spend a little bit of time oh okay yeah. that, w- that wasn't zimbabwe um well you know i spent a bit of time in zimbabwe a bit of time in uh, south africa on exchange uh, from a university before but yeah that's where we had times where you know when we were on the highway and yeah um you know like maybe the the driver looked uh, looked a little funny at the driver of another car <laughs> they just started racing each other oh, me right. shitting myself on the Jesus. passenger seat yeah. and, the, the, and they're all old beat the shit cars that are falling apart you know oh yeah they call them uh buckies they're <laughs> like uh, pickup trucks but yeah it comes from the afrikaans word like a you know a buck like yeah. a bucky yeah which is kind of like dutch in a way mm, yeah. indeed indeed but yeah like in uh, in, in uh, zimbabwe 
occasionally we would travel. Oh yeah, I have a good story for you. And there's one time we were uh, driving back from a holiday from the south of Zimbabwe, going back to Harare, the capital. Mm. And um, the, the Zimbabwean police, uh, they're, they're quite notorious for their uh, corruption. You know, they would try to make money in, in any way they, they, they can. Right. Um, and um, a, a tactic that they would use often is basically pulling people over for alleged uh, traffic offenses. <laughs> <laughs> Say like, oh, your, your taillight's not working or uh, your, your reflectors are not sticked on your car properly. Or you're speeding. Or you're speeding. So at one point... Do uh, they have radar guns down there? Um... I do not recall, but um, they might do. But, but they know for sure that you're speeding, though. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, <laughs> through their objective judgment. <laughs> so anyways, um, we were driving back, and uh, there was a roadblock. And, uh, uh, you know, here in Europe, we are not really accustomed to uh, confronting police, giving giving signs to how to stop or when to pull over. At least I am not. Right. Well, much. I mean, like normal people in civilized society, they comply with police. Yeah. 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 So I, I saw these police making these like funny motions with his hand. So... I, I I thought that this guy has told me to pull over. Mm. So, you know, I um, I pull over and um, and then the police comes up to me. He's like, sir, why didn't you stop? I'm like, I did stop. I'm sitting here on the side of the road. That's where he said, no, the sign that I made was just to stop right in front of me, not to pull over. So I'm going to have to find you 50 US dollars for that. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time, I was starting to get a little pissed because, you know, This is obviously an injustice that's being inflicted <laughs> upon us. <laughs> But uh, yeah, fortunately, there was, a, there was a person sitting in our car that was uh, working for the UN with uh, one of those nice blue passports. So he was uh, wise to it. So then we just, I told her, I told the police officer, officer, I'm, um, I'm transporting a U, uh, UN personnel back to Harare. I have a VIP. <laughs> here, here, this is her passport, her nice shiny blue UN passport. Um, We need to go back now because we're running uh, late, and that's where the officer actually started to become a bit, uh, big, bit, bit tense, a bit, uh, a bit scared because you know they have to reply to the superiors, and um, if they get yelled at for stopping a UN officer, um, that might later jeopardize their job security. So at that point, the guy just let us through. Damn. Yeah. Good times. That's kind of a uh, damn. Did you, did you uh, get like a fake? fake one of those made for yourself that's the first thing i would have done man <laughs> um no because um, <laughs> you know like paying 50 us dollars for for uh, for a traffic offense is one thing but no it seems like having one of those things makes you t uh, able to get away with anything i mean yeah yeah <laughs> though initially um because the car that i bought was actually uh, a diplomatic plates at one point even though i wasn't a diplomat but i still had the urge to um, get the regular plates on there as quick as possible because yes they do not stop diplomatic plates cars so that was that's quite a benefit but if you get caught driving a diplomatic car while you're actually not a diplomat that's pretty uh, yeah that's a pretty big offense you, you don't want to do that in zimbabwe you right. know what i mean yeah right. But I mean, if they if they figure out, they'll probably just beat beat the shit out of you, right? Um, well, honestly, Dick, uh, they, I don't think they they would because um, you know people say like Zimbabwe is rough; it's a jungle. Um, but what the people do 
it, it's it's usually for their benefit or their interest still. Right. So they would rather make a lot more money than just beating the living <laughs> hell out of you because right. you know they don't get any benefit from that either. Okay, yeah, it doesn't serve their uh, interest, so to speak. Oh, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I have a friend who uh, lived in South Africa for a while and he had some stories like, uh, I might have talked about this on, on another show before this one, but they um, they were driving down the road and he was, uh, he, they were s- uh, sitting in front of a light. A guy came up to the car, opened the door and tried to uh, yank the, the driver out of the, out of the car and just carjack them. Oh dear. But he had a seatbelt on, and apparently not always. Oh, uh, yeah, seatbelt, huh? Exactly. Also for that reason, apparently, because a lot of people over there apparently don't wear seatbelts because they just don't give a shit. And you know, so the guy didn't expect that, and there were two other people sitting in the car. And once he tried to grab the driver, he couldn't. The guy in his passenger seat grabbed the guy, and the guy in the back grabbed the guy too. So they dragged him into the car. What? Yeah. So they they dragged him into the car, and then these were locals, so they knew how things worked down there. And um, okay, go go go! And they, they they drove down some quiet road, and they just beat the fuck out of him and left him bleeding by the by the side of the road and moved on. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, but you have a little bit of anger when uh, someone tries to carjack you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he had a gun on him too. Yeah. So that was that was <laughs> that was crazy shit. Yeah. And in that sense I would I would say that uh South Africa might be a bit more uh, dangerous when it when it comes to uh this crimes mm. to to you as a person than Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is actually quite um, safe if you if you know where to go and uh, where not to go at certain times. Right. Mm. Uh, um I remember you telling a story too when you got into a traffic accident. And you kind of uh, had to flee the scene in a way because there was like a lynch mob slowly forming around you. <laughs> let me see, let me see. Yeah, you told me so many stories over the years, man. Mm, I've been in, involved in so many weird situations. Yeah, uh, yeah but that, that story impressed me. Like I, I remember uh, you told me, I don't know, it was just a fender bender, just a little thing and you called the police and, and then the police didn't show up for an hour and people were getting angrier and angrier and then their friends started to show up and you know you were drawing attention from all sides and Mm. after a while there was like this big group of people around you and then eventually you decided to just jump in your car and uh, and take off yeah i can't recall that dick (laughs) (laughs) i I remember that story very vividly though are you sure it was with me yeah, pretty sure it was you, man. Because yeah, I know you've met a lot of interesting uh, figures yeah, over but your I'm, travels as I'm, well. I'm pretty good at uh, linking stories to people. Huh. I remember you telling me that story when uh, when I lived in Rotterdam when we were sitting on the balcony. Mm. Oh, there was this uh, a time in in uh, South Africa though uh, when we were we were heading out in the we were heading out in the forest. We were just having some drinks with some uh, guys in Cape Town, and uh, at that time there was. Um, we all of a sudden like oh yeah all my friends they they suddenly ran towards the car and i was i was a bit shocked because it was dark and i wasn't really um i didn't really know what was going on so i just also ran back to the car and then my mates told me like yeah there there was like a scream very close by and uh you know it's like super sketchy because south africa you know um kind of like uh, violent crime is quite uh, quite high uh, so at that point we just raced off. Yeah, that's one of the one of the experiences. That's yeah. a different story though, but that's uh, 
That's scary, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I and I wasn't even sure because we were we were a little intoxicated. We have we had some beers, and uh, the guys uh, I d- didn't even believe them at first. I thought they were just making a joke, just trying to uh, <laughs> to uh, yeah. But yeah, they said no, no, for real. Next day, I asked my friend. He's like, yeah, we heard that, and uh, we're not trying to mess with you. Real stuff, right? Crazy stuff. That's wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm going to check on the grill for a second because mm. that thing's starting to heat up. How are you, how are you feeling? Feeling good, man. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful day. The grill's going. It is a beautiful day. We'll be eating some spare ribs later. Slow cooked spare ribs. Five, six hours slow cook. We also got some uh, nice steak that we'll be having. And... Um, I myself brought some um, some nice some nice uh, locally brewed alcohol from Taiwan that we'll be uh, consuming at a later stage as well. Ah, sweet man! Mm. Yeah, it's important to enjoy these kinds of things in life, man. It is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We got um, we got the big green egg going, and uh, we're gonna slow cook some uh, spare ribs on that in a little bit, or some ribs, I should say. I mean, I don't know why we call it spare ribs down here, but yeah, everywhere else they just call them ribs, man. Mm. And, it's, and those things are going to be in there for like five hours. It's always good to keep something spare, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's going to be delicious, man. I'm so looking forward to it already. <laughs> Likewise. But, but um, yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, you went to South Africa first. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I keep mixing those two things up because I never been to either place. And uh, other neighboring countries, and um, they 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 do have their similarities. Yes. Okay. In Zimbabwe, I uh, I did an internship. Uh, I did two internships. One at the uh, European delegation in uh, in Zimbabwe, and the other one at the uh, the embassy of the Netherlands in Zimbabwe. Right. Yeah. In total, uh, about nine to ten months. Mm. What would your day look like? My day? Well, at the uh, European delegation, um, my uh, responsibilities were more in the research department. So at that time, Zimbabwe had just recently adopted a new constitution, um, but a lot of the constitutional laws uh, were still in conflict with the, at that time, currently existing domestic laws. Well, if you have any um, idea about laws... um, Constitutional laws they have primacy over domestic laws, meaning that they are that they trump the other laws when there is a conflict. Right, there's there's you know the constitution is uh, rules over everything. That's, exactly, uh, you know, the United States is a good example of that they have a constitution and exactly, yeah. it's very 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 hard to to change anything in it. So mm. that's that's why you know the whole free speech thing that's going on down there. People want to. Uh, censor others because they uh, don't want to be offended or whatever mm. uh, and you know and then the answer is always well first amendment bitch <laughs> uh, that's uh you know free speech that's it exactly. sorry yeah. yeah and uh yeah so yeah what um but at that time when they had recently adopted a new constitution there were still a lot of conflicts with uh, regular domestic laws especially domestic laws in the uh, security uh department which were still being used by the police, even though they might be 
in 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 conflict with the uh, with the new constitution. Right. So the diplomats there, the real diplomats. I was only uh, a little intern, right? <laughs> right. They would they would always um, tell the Zimbabwean government about their concerns about this conflict between um, the, the the rights that the new constitution would guarantee, uh, as opposed to uh, the laws which were being used by the police to crack down on um, anyone who might be opposed to the government. Right. That's uh, pretty tricky. Yeah. So my, my job was basically to, to make a detailed overview of um, what these conflicts were so that the diplomats could not only just say very broadly the, the difference, the conflict between the new constitution and the domestic laws, but actually say which laws were being uh, violated in that sense. That's a pretty big, uh, big project, man. Yeah, I spent about uh, two months full time making a nice little database on that, and uh, huh. I hope they made good use of it. <laughs> what uh, What did you find? Um, I found that a Just lot of the cliff notes. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. Well, um, I found that mostly the like security laws, for instance, uh, preventing people from um from from meeting together and discussing uh their their political activities uh, as the opposition um there was domestic laws that prevented that or stated that they first need to ask permission from the police in order to to have that meeting whilst the new constitution would then protect the the freedom of um, of peaceful assembly right so that's obviously a clash but nevertheless the police was pretty still, big one too it is yeah it definitely is um so that's so in in general, it was the um, mostly the conflict between uh, the security laws and the uh, human rights guaranteed by the new constitution, uh, and, and what I said of, uh, just now is more of a, one of these clashes. Yeah. Okay. And where are they now? Look, have they figured it out? Or um, to be honest with you, Dick, I haven't been uh, monitor- monitoring the uh, situation as closely as I was a few years ago. Okay. Uh, I was there uh, about four years ago. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Zimbabwe currently is uh, is still not in the in, in the state that it could be, uh, right. given their vast uh, mineral resources. Yes, yeah, that's true for a lot of countries down there. I mean, if uh, if everyone would have their shit together, that continent would be the most uh, should be it should technically be the it should be the best place on earth yeah exactly but yeah it's it's very difficult to to find the reasons um why uh, particularly uh, southern african countries are struggling so much with uh, corruption Hmm. um you know like uh, rather rather have five bentleys than uh, (laughs) put more money in the in the health system right but um yeah that's one for for academics and uh policy makers to uh to find out, but if you have the answer, Dick, uh, well, I'm sure everyone is uh, longing to hear it. I know, I know. There's well, I don't have the answer, obviously, yeah. but uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I know there's a lot of research on it. Also, a lot of very controversial research. I think that's a big part of the hurdle too. Mm. I mean, there are some things that are uncomfortable to talk about. I think that's a big part of why it takes so long. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to, you know, factors like culture or religion. You know, people don't want to hear that their culture or their religion, um, you know, the, the structure of their society is, is, it could be one of the reasons why, you know, they're... Well, it's most likely one of the reasons, let's be honest. It, it, it might or might not, but nevertheless, what I mean is... You know, people don't like to hear these things. No, no, and and even looking in from the outside, 
uh, coming to that conclusion. Well, I can see why people would get uncomfortable with that. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's complicated, man. It is. Uh, it's a question um, that we, well, the international community has been struggling with for for decades. Yeah, and then there is also a lot of um, interests for uh, for a lot of countries. Oh, for sure. Especially China, you know, like they're they're buying up huge pieces of uh, of Africa, and they're basically like slowly taking over. And they're, you know, and everything China does is f- uh, mo- mainly vested in their own interest. Actually, I did write a an essay for on that particular uh, subject in my. Uh, well, am I correct? Or? Yes. Yeah. Um, but but you yeah. know, like what they're doing with with Africa now, like they they build a new road, and in exchange, they got a huge piece of territory or something. And you know, short term, that's great for the for the people who live there. But long term, you know, not really. And that's what's happening all over the place. I mean, China, China's going crazy, man. Like, I think half of the most expensive buildings and condos in New York City are owned by foreign Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, man. And um, I've been in New Zealand a couple of years ago, and especially Auckland. I was just shocked by by how how big the Chinese population was there, and and a lot of Chinese businesses too, and also uh, not just like little delis, but you know, pretty big stores, and they were just Chinese. Like Chinatowns all like all over the place. Pretty much, yeah, hmm. yeah, and apparently, like they're they're also buying like tons of land over there. Yeah. Well, you know, the the foreign direct investment in in China is immense. Um, so, so currently, the Chinese um, they do have a lot of money to to go into international ventures. Right. In addition, their uh, political system is obviously not a democracy. the The state has a, an, an an enormous control of both public and private life, hmm. and also where investments take place. So, um, you know, from a uh, from a, a power perspective, uh, more realist. Uh, perspective you you could say that uh, china has an advantage in this sense oh over, for sure over western over western states yeah dude they have so much advantages like they have uh, an enormous labor force that's willing to work for for very little money or they have no choice the way the way things are now pretty much so you know production is extremely cheap and you we were talking about earlier before uh, before the show about um like climate and pollution and shit, you know. Over here, we drive cars with tiny little engines just because we want to do good, you know. And, and if you get solar panels on your roof, you uh, you get rewarded for it. But you know, so we're over here, we're trying really, really hard. And um, you know, over there, they just don't give a fuck about anything. They 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 just dump everything in the rivers. They they uh, you know they burn everything like chemical burns in the, out in the open no filters no you know they just don't give a fuck and, and you know so so basically like we we are we are uh, like the entire west like every europe and the united states like everyone's driving uh, with uh, with the parking brake engaged kind of like we were slowing ourselves down because we just try to be good people and try to be good for the environment but china's like oh no if you don't give a shit like uh, full speed ahead jack yeah well um recently and obviously like um uh china the, the the difference main difference between china and 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 the west 
uh, or I would say Europe now, because uh, America is kind of going back, is that um, China well, has a I more... Mean, no, I, I mean, on. Let, let me stop you there. I mean, yeah, okay, America's doing some things, but if you take everything in consideration, like they're all there, they have big regulations on everything. I mean, you know, like the whole uh, coal thing, that's that's in the news now, but that's just a s- small part of what they're doing. Like, uh, and, and even so, if they... And sure, there's pollution in the States too, for sure. And in some places, way too much. But if you, it still doesn't even come in the ballpark of what China is doing. China, over the last few decades, has been, um, and even though right now still, it is pursuing a policy that... um, that that basically aims to enlarge the the national interest, like of that of the state, uh, rather than, uh, if you look here in Europe, you know, we we go for the personal interests. Like, sure. Um, you know, if if to if, a point though. Yeah. If 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 people in Beijing, like so many people a year, die in Beijing of cancer related to to smog, that does not necessarily um, decrease the the interest. Uh, that doesn't necessarily affect the interests of China as a whole, especially if they can sit, spend the money that they save on on cleaning air. On, on funding projects like the one belt one road policy or investing in in new condos in new york city one of the most influential cities in the world one, one belt one road what's that one belt one road that is the chinese policy of um basically making a a, a, a connection uh between um um europe and china so that's the the road part okay um that's uh mostly a, a high-speed rail or also for um for for trade and um and uh, railing over containers a high-speed the- rail between china and europe yeah that's 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 one of their uh projects and they're already hard on the way on that holy shit yeah actually the the final stop will be uh, i think it will be amsterdam it would more likely be Rotterdam, I'd say, because of the you know the harbor here, and we got a huge distribution center. Oh, that, oh actually, that probably might, Rotterdam, and that, that could also be the case, indeed. Yeah, and and, and, and um, it's and it's a better city anyway, you know. <laughs> of course, it is. Dick, of course. <laughs> and then the belt is mostly a, a sea route. Um, so in that sense, uh, you, you might know that they uh, the Chinese recently bought. Uh, I'm I'm not sure which harbor it is in um, in Greece. I think it's either Thessaloniki or Piraeus. I remember reading that. Yeah, that's part of the the One Belt strategy. It's to to buy um, to buy areas to buy ports so that they can connect everything, streamline everything to increase, in, basically ingrain China further in the global trade. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah, because if if that's port ran by by the Chinese, you know, like then the yeah, and even Sri Lanka. Um, that's like um, I recently read in the newspaper an article, quite interesting, and also it highlights the the cunningness that the uh, Chinese have, and also the ruthlessness in yeah, in, in, in yeah. expanding their in their national interests. They um, they initially made uh, large amounts of loans to to Sri Lanka, uh, such big loans that you you would probably say, well, these loans they're not going to be paid back. Right, but you know the Nepalese, they oh, sorry the the Sri Lankan, there's Sri Lankans, if that's what the person Sri, Sri Lankan people, the Sri Lankan people, yeah. uh, they obviously <laughs> you know they grabbed that money with their both hands. Right. However, when the time came to pay back and that they couldn't, uh, they were forced to accept. Uh, I think it was a hundred 
a 50 or 100 year lease on a large area of Sri Lankan territory <sighs> where the Chinese can basically do whatever they want. Wow, that's and that's that's loan sharking, man. That's bam. that's that's mafia shit, and, literally. And and that's how you basically you 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 get control of countries without yep. uh, making war. That's the new that's the new era. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's good. I think like one. I think it was like one or two years ago. Mm. They uh, gave the finger to the U.S. as well. Remember when they um, they're creating a bunch of islands. Oh, in the south, um, the south, the south China Sea. Yeah, yeah, and and there's uh, those areas. There's a conflict between uh, which co- country it belongs to. Yeah, China and the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, they don't agree. You know which country owns which parts, and well, China is like, no, we own it. So fuck you. We're just gonna build some. We're just gonna create a create an island here, and you know they got condemned by uh, well the Philippines, but also um, by the International Court of it, Justice. Yeah, and and also like the U.S. Uh, also kind of literally said to him, "Hey, stop that! We 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 really don't let, want you doing that." And they're like, "Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry." I mean, that's um, I don't know. That's uh, if that wouldn't have happened in the nineties for sure. Like things have gone so fast, so crazy. I'm gonna grab the grab the ribs. By the way, man, ponder on that for a minute. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, for sure, I think that uh, especially people in the West that they have an um, an idea that uh, a large part of the world is ideologically driven, but at, but actually um, apart from the West, where you know where everyone mostly does does have um, the guarantees of a of a of a nice life or uh, on perspectives, actually a very large part of the world. Um, they, the, the the national policies are, po- are mostly driven um, for their for the for the interests of the state as a whole, and not necessarily for that of the uh, individual person. Um, like the uh, the South China Sea example is is, is a good example of that. Um, you know there are there are a number of of states which claim uh, that that area, the, the islands in that area. Uh, not only China and the Philippines, but also uh, Taiwan and Malaysia, and um, if I if I'm not, if I'm correct, uh, I think it is uh, Japan, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that last one. Um, but yeah, in those cases, uh, China built artificial islands uh, and also militarized them, um, and even after the the judgment of the International Court of Justice, where where it did state that uh, these islands or a part of these islands actually belong to the Philippines um, China nevertheless just yeah, continued building um, but you know you must you must also you must put, put things in perspective you, you cannot just say that there is an axis of evil and that you know the west is good and, and that um, the east that there or that China is the, the opposite of that I think we're, we're just living in different times um, if you look at a hundred years in the West, like First World War, that's that's purely based on um, on geopolitical power. So, which state has the biggest um, the biggest power and influence over other places? And now we're in the West, uh, especially in Europe, in a, in a situation where um, where we we try to expand on harmony and individual uh, prosperity. Um, rather than that of uh, state interests, um, but 
you know, like um, I, I believe that some countries, especially China, and I think the rec recently the U.S. has been stepping back uh, to such a to such a style of thinking, in the sense that it's more trying to um, work from the state interest and uh, you know expand state power rather than expand the um, the the um, the welfare of the individual person. Okay, I missed uh, three minutes of that, but uh, I'm sure it was interesting. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your for your confidence in me, Dick. <laughs> yeah, no, we need to wait a couple of minutes, uh, probably half an hour before the coals are nice and glowing. Ah, uh, they're, they're not ready for the ribs yet. Not yet, not yet. And you gotta do some uh, some some uh, pre gaming first. <laughs> you gotta get them uh, coals uh, nice and warm first before you stick in the ribs, no, Dick? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's, the, that's a cool story, bro. <laughs> to break the seriousness of this conversation real quick. Where the fuck did that come from? Bam. <laughs> all right, yeah, but... Um, all right, so, um, fuck, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, China. I think that's a nice... Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that's a nice bridge to Taiwan, don't you think? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, last year... The third stop on my uh, on my trip around the world uh, was uh, was your crib down in Taiwan. Man. Taiwan. I uh, I uh, went from South Korea to uh, Japan, back to South Korea, and then to Taiwan. So <laughs> that was uh, still at the beginning of my big uh, big trip of your Asia dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know after. Um, After Taiwan, we went to the Philippines, and then mm. after that, I went to Australia, where I spent a year. Yeah, and then uh, then I went to uh, Thailand, and then U.S. No, Thailand, Bali, Thailand, and then the U.S. Bali, Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, yes, beautiful yeah. place. No, oh man, it's awesome. Oh, definitely recommend uh, the listeners to go to that place. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. If you uh, there's great surfing there. And uh, just the nicest people I've ever met. Mm. I was um, I I found the people in uh, Taiwan very nice. Japan also very very pleasant. Uh, Thailand is is nice and friendly too, but they're you know they're more they kind of figured it out and they're after your money now mostly. <laughs> they see your pretty face and they think <laughs> you must have some money on him. Uh, they see my pretty wallet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but but then in Bali, man, like people there were just so kind. Like spiritually in ba in balance, you know, like balanced out yeah, people. Yeah, they were, they just constantly, um, yeah, wanted to make you feel good and, and do good things for you. And, and it it was completely sincere, you know, mm. and also towards one another. Everyone just really helps each other out. And it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that down there, well, man. Yeah. I was, I was deeply impressed by it. Yeah, for example, at one point, uh, me and my friend, we needed to, uh, sorry, a little sidebar here, but uh, me and my friend, we needed to go to the other side of town, and there was some big event going on, and, and traffic was just stuck, and uh, at one point, they, um, you weren't allowed to be on the road anymore. Right. I don't know, just, just a big, huge deal, we didn't know that, but we needed to get back to our uh, our place, and yeah, you know, we, we called a guy we met there, uh, just a, you know, just a, a local And he said, "Oh yeah, let me let me help you out. Where are you?" And um, here and here. After twenty minutes, two dudes show up on scooters and they just drive us all through through the entire city no to, to the other place. Yeah, and and we uh, we were like, "Ah, oh, thank you so much." We wanted to pay them for it, you know, because you know it's 
It's a nice thing to do, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we wanted to pay them like 10,000, I forget if it was 10,000 or 100,000. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was 100,000 rupees, which is like $7. And, uh, you know, that's a nice big tip, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. damn, if, 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 um, if, you know, if someone, we were on those things for, for almost an hour, you know, mm. and which, so it's still not that much money really, but for there, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, you, you can, it's, I think, it would translate to probably like 30 or 40 bucks or something. Yeah. So, but you know, two dollars $7. So, and, um, and they were, they had such a hard time taking it, you know, no, please, man, we want you to take it. So we kind of had to force it into their hand. Kind of. Yeah. Like, nah, come on, man. Just, you know, and, uh, but they were, no, 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 we, we just wanted to help you. You don't have to pay us for that. And we tried to, well, we know, but we still, you know, because we like you, we just want to buy you a couple of beers and make sure you have a good night tonight. And it was only when we framed it that way <laughs> that they that they would take our money. You They're know, like ah, oh, all right, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but they wouldn't just take money just to take it. You know, it's, mm, uh, kind souls. Yeah, I found it very. Uh, yeah, that had a pretty uh, made a profound impression on me. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great place, man. It's these personal experience that uh yeah. really uh shape your 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 image and your your feelings about a certain place. Oh for sure, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because you know, like in the beginning I was kinda like talking shit and joking about Africa and shit. But shit, I wasn't I never been there, you know. Like I'm I'm sure I would have a completely different idea about the place if I were there, you know. Yeah. I, I just when I um and that's even true for Japan or, or, or the States or whatever, I I really had no idea what those places were like until I've been there. And even even if your preconceived notions uh, seem pretty accurate, because, you know, you can say, well, I see movies on TV all the time where I, I you know, I'm way into all uh, Japanese culture and stuff. Mm. If you're there, it's always just different than what you've imagined, man. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, personal experience, it's all about that, man. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's the only thing that's uh, completely accurate. Exactly. Mm. Write that down, man. Put it on a t-shirt. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so Taiwan, uh, you went there to... Still, uh, still go there. You are still there. You, you've been there now for, for like two and a half years, I think. Uh, two years, exactly, yeah. Yeah. One more year to go. You went there to learn more about your... Field, field of obviously, but you also went there to learn Chinese. You can fucking read Chinese and write Chinese and talk Chinese. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's still like a superpower to me. Man. <laughs> well, you know, they uh, don't call me Superman for nothing, Dick. No, but, <laughs> but dude, Chinese, what the fuck? Yeah, man. After uh, after I finished my first master's in international law, what I just uh, mentioned, I was about 24 years old and uh, I didn't really feel that I just wanted to start working just yet. Right. And, Which and, is smart. Yeah. Actually, you were one of the people who um, who encouraged me, who, or who who advised me in the sense that, well, when you actually do start working, that's that's when your working life starts. You'll be doing that in about two years, 50 or 60. So, you know, make the most of, of what you got. And if you can, you know, have a bit of travels before you start working, you know, do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in addition, uh, at that time, um, my obviously my English and my Dutch were, were, were fine. 
but um, for, to to start in diplomacy, you do need strong language skills in the third language. And at that time, I my French was okay, but compared to other people who spoke French, you know, it's like it's nothing. Yeah, for those who don't know, in the Netherlands, uh, uh, in high school, we get uh, Dutch, English, French, and German. And uh, most Dutch people speak uh, decent German and French as well. Yeah, exactly. And I was as well, but not really to a to a level that was fluent. You know, which right. you probably require to. Yeah, I'm so, I'm yeah. there still with you, man. But, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's fun though, man. Like uh, last year, I was or fuck, I think that's two or three years ago. Fuck, I'm getting old, man. Mixing up the years. Mm. But. Um, yeah, I did a road trip to Germany for a week, and in the beginning, I was just very awkward with it. But by the end of the week, it came back, man. I was just kind of, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just speaking German. It was cool. Oh man, that's yeah. pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's just a fun yeah. skill to have. But then, you know, that that's still uh, Roman uh, uh, letters, and, and uh, <laughs> the funny thing with Chinese is that. Um, Especially at the start, when you start learning the language, you have to learn both the character and the pronunciation. Because uh, opposite to, um, um, like, not uh, like for instance, if you look at Korean, you, you can see from the characters what the pronunciation is about because their characters are made up out of um, sound parts. Okay, but Chinese is not. It's a by the way, uh, the Korean writing system is apparently uh, the most efficient one in existence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, with Chinese, you have to learn both the uh, yeah the character, which of, often has the meaning of the word in it, uh, and then also the pronunciation as well. Um, but yeah, so I went to Taiwan first um, because after I graduated for my master's. But why, uh, why is pronunciation so important? Because it's language. No, I, I understand, but... Uh, the way you tell it seems like it's a bigger deal than than it is in our language. Well, you know, if you have the um, let let's say if you have the word for for English school, right? You know, it it reads S C H O O L, so you would be able to to read from that straight away hmm. how it's pronounced. Um, but you know, if we would have a little drawing, an ancient drawing of what a ancient school used to be like and we would be using that picture in order to to use to depict the meaning of the word school in in writing um you would then also have to study oh this this word or this drawing this character uh, is actually pronounced school okay and is there a consistency in there there is, there is. For for starting Chinese learners, um, it is pretty hard because you have to do du double studies. So the character and the pronunciation. No, but I mean, are there certain lines that have the same meaning or the same pronunciation between different words? Uh, yes, there are. So as I said just now, when you start learning, you have to study everything. But okay. at a certain time, because these characters, they are often being used in combination with other characters to shape a new word. And um, when you, when you uh, have studied or learned um, a, a certain part of that character, you, you can often guess what the sound is going to be approximately like. Okay. So, so the further you get, um, the easier it, the, the speed at which you learn new characters also increases. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. I think you 
you explained um, like the word for for mom. Yes, that is like love and house or something like that. I don't know. It was. Let's see. Well, the the the, the word for uh, I have another nice example. The word for good, uh, how what many people know as ni hao, right? Okay. How is like ni hao is like how are you, and then how is good. The word how. Yeah, the character how it consists of two parts: the left one being a woman, and the right part being a child. Hmm. So, you know, put the two together, and y- you do get an idea of the the cultural connection with, or the thought of like the ancient Chinese and what they considered as being good. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting. Or safe, you know, have a roof over a woman. Oh, what's uh, how do you say that in Chinese? Um, well, that particular character is an, but if you would say the whole like safety, you would you would say you would add another character would be anquan. Anquan mm, about. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me that sounds exactly the same, but that that tells you how uh, you know how how subtle it is. There are subtle differences. Yeah, yeah. 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 But beautiful language, actually, uh, as opposed to what uh, many people think. It's you know? a phonetic language, I think. It's what it's called. Yeah, for 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 um, uh, for tones. So if you would use if you would use the word ma, you would say like ma 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 ma. That's like one two three four. Okay. So the four different tones. Can you do that with a couple of other words? That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can say it with um, uh, with with the word wang. Like you can say wang 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 wang, <laughs> or zao 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 zao. Okay, and and the way you pronounce it completely changes the meaning of it, right? Completely, yeah, absolutely, completely. Um, so you kind of like every every uh, syllable has like four different functions. <laughs> it is, it is. That's kind of crazy if you think about it, man. That's and then in addition, like. Uh, the certain pronunciations they actually mean um, they can have a lot of different meanings so like chang that can be often but it can also be to taste hmm. so you would have to look at the context in which it is used if you have a certain word that can you know uh, like for instance if you have like subject chang and then a certain type of food then you know that, it's, that it means to taste right Right, but if you say like uh, subject, chang, verb, then you know it. That means often. Hmm. So it is really about context as well. Right. Huh. Can you uh, can you say in Chinese? You're listening to the Polarizer podcast. Polarizer, polarizer, and podcast. I'm I'm not too sure. No, but, but you can say those like the. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, put, put on your best radio voice, man. Mm. Get close to the mic. Polarizer co- podcast, right? The pol- the polarizer podcast. Mm. The polarizer. Yeah, visit thepolarizer.com. Hello,大家好。你现在在听的polarizer <laughs> that's fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> I hope I did that with a good radio voice oh man it was beautiful you could use that in China <laughs> for your advertisements oh dude that, that's gonna be uh, in, the, in the intro now man oh that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> oh dude so that, that was literally uh, 
what I just told you to say. Yeah, basically, uh, everyone, you're listening to Radio Podcast now, the, the best one. And uh, <laughs> please, everyone, uh, follow Radio Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's cool. Mm. <laughs> it's funny it is it's definitely a good skill to have oh man it's it opens and especially since you also speak english you know mm. um you can go to work anywhere in the world that's uh that's the plan yeah yeah but you can yeah everywhere yeah and you you would um you would be surprised also the uh Like when you're learning Chinese, obviously you're learning a, a great skill, like the Chinese language. But at the same time, being able to speak um, the, the the language of the local people, the Chinese, the Taiwanese, you also get a better understanding of what they feel, of what they, of of how they are expressing themselves. Because you know, a lot of people there they know English as well, but it's a bit difficult, more difficult to. Um, to to understand their emotions and their feelings and what they're actually trying to express when they are using English. If you use their local language, it's you, know, you get much more of what they mean, actually. Right. Yeah. There's also uh, yeah. Every language has its own unique um, ways to to you know express feelings. Mm. Spanish has a couple of uh, ones as well. I forget which one it is, but it means like and it's it's like a special kind of endearment or something, mm. and you cannot translate that in English. You can only describe it loosely. All right, know? all right. And uh, no, apologies, my Spanish is not as good as my Chinese. <laughs> <thing. laughs> yeah. No, but I mean that's that's um, you know, uh, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, I'll have one. I'll have a glass of wine, man. Right, I'll help you to a glass of wine, my friend. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but you know, a, like language is also a huge part of uh, culture, and I think that's especially true in uh, in China because their culture is so old, and so much has happened. Old as modern language as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. I mean, fuck they. Yeah, the the communists uh, surely like fucked them up badly, man. Like they. Uh, Like their culture has just gone to shit because of that. Well, especially during the the Cultural Revolution. Yeah, it's um, fucking. It's a tragedy, man. They basically destroyed everything that was a norm right. of society in any way or a tradition. Yeah, it's like th like thousands of year old traditions, you know, <laughs> just gone. And that and that's what I what I quite like about Taiwan is that even though Taiwan has a, a number of ethnicities and cultures mixed together, um, the, the the Chinese culture, the ancient Chinese culture, is still very much alive there. Confu Confucian values are very much, very much alive. Yeah, and I found Taiwan to be a very nice, friendly place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that that is also one of the reasons why I, I prefer. Well, I think I would prefer living in Taiwan maybe over China is because you get the authenticity as well. Right. Wh whereas Chinese society uh, was, was basically rebuilt with the introduction of uh, communist ideology. Yeah. Or, or Chinese communist so ideology. The, the, you know, yeah, you're basically living in a place that with a culture that's like barely f 50 years old or something. Or no, uh, 100 years, I think. Well, the... Um, uh, it's very recent. <laughs> 
uh, Taiwan's story uh, historically is. Uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about China now. Oh, with, China, with, well, yeah, well, but I don't live in. I don't live no, in but, mainland but I'm, China. I'm just saying, like their culture. Their oh, culture yeah. is, is just like, about fifty years. It's fifty years, years old. old. Yeah, and and it's a shitty culture to begin with. You know, yeah, fuck communists, man. <laughs> fuck that shit. That doesn't work. Come right. on, that yeah. doesn't work. Mm. It's it's bullshit. So you're basically dealing with a fifty year old shitty culture. Yeah, and so and. You know, Taiwan still has way stronger connection to what China is really supposed to be, right? Well, what you see in China now, what's quite interesting, like, yes, under Mao, um, Mao Zedong, um, they did have a very strong, you know, communist ideology. They wanted to do things for the people. And even though it didn't really work in the end, um, you could still say that it was a communist ideology. But present day China is not necessarily really following the laws of communism. It's actually following the laws of uh, extremely liberal capitalism. That's true, yeah. Yeah, like uh, their their trade is comp- as open as can be, uh, obviously still via state control. Um, but the links with communism are, are, are mostly, they mostly lie in symbolism. Like, for instance, the way their, um, that their uh, national assembly is uh, is decorated you know they have communist signs everywhere and in the constitution there's still references to the communist heritage well i mean they're they're obviously uh this way i look at it they're they're a communist country that just does whatever is the best for them and and mm-hmm. and if those uh, if those <laughs> things happen to align with uh, with how capitalism works well <laughs> i think that's a more happy coincidence than that they're just all right man let's let's be open you know yeah yeah i'm not um because you know like when you look at communism you look at uh, you know karl marx yeah and also maybe uh, lenin afterwards mm. they they all have like st- slight variations of what communism would amount to yeah but fuck both those guys <laughs> actually like the ideas of 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 marx you know they're i think they're very utopian but mm, it's well it, i mean don't fall for that shit, man. <laughs> they, they are utopian, but I... It, it just doesn't work that way. But it doesn't work because, yeah. you know, humans are not built that way. If you get your wage regardless of your performance, it's you're not going to work as hard in, as you incent- would. Incentives gone, competition's gone, and it's unavoidable that when when people have uh, more power than others that there's corruption eventually. I mean, that's just going to happen. That's not some, yeah. some, some anti-government bullshit story. That's just a fact. True. And... and and that's what always is going to happen. There's, uh, you know, all, all pigs are equal, but some pigs are a little more equal than the others. That's always what it ends up being. And that's also what happened in, in China. I think the government there, uh, especially around the 90s or a bit of uh, like 80s, 90s, they, they realized that, that they cannot just put all policy uh, out of the name of communism and work according to these communist um, ideals because it was just not going to work. And as a result, right now, China, it's it's super open and free. Oh, I mean, free for trade. <laughs> uh, obviously, still state-controlled, arbitrary intervention. But the, the communists, like the the whole communist aspects of the state, they they are. It's more that they say, like, well, we're a communist nation, and that's why you know we are the big Chinese state, and we should stick together because of communist China. But in reality. I, I would disagree with the notion that China presently is a, a communist state in the uh, in the sense of um, of of Marxism or Leninism. 
No, 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 obviously not. And yeah, it is, it is a country with, that's obviously not democratic, but there are, there are a lot of alternatives to democracy and communism as well. You can also have just plain old totalitarianism. Right. Yeah. Right. Dictatorship. Yeah. Yep. And in some countries that, that creates the most stability, you know? It does. It I mean, does. Uh, look, look what happened after Saddam was uh, removed. I mean, it's a, that's a mess. I mean, you can, like, he was a really, very bad guy. He was a horrible guy. But while he was running the place, there was, you know, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty stable. It's kind of like, what's the lesser of two evils, really? Yeah, it's always a question. Uh, that's also a question that our researchers are, are on. They're, they're, they're looking to find out, you know, when does democracy work and when does it not work? Right. And like, you know, here in the Netherlands, it obviously does work. Yeah, I mean, democracy <coughs> is, is not for everybody. I mean... It seems like it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, we didn't have democracy all the time. I mean, yeah. we, we had the monarchies, and then you know, so so we we went through that kind of phase too in our own unique kind of way. It's tough though when you know, like when people are demonstrating, you know, for their for their own dem- democratic rights, you, you cannot help but sympathize with these people because you know you would be the same, you know. Yeah, I mean the yeah the right to peaceful pr- uh, protest. That's a very important thing, I think. Mm. Peaceful, but then peaceful when the, protest. Yeah. But then when the state, you know, um, suppresses that violently, <laughs> you you can either say, well, you know, that's the the system that you have, and that's what the system, what the country should have, a repressive dictatorship to keep down the loonies, mm. but. On the other hand, you know, like coming from from the Netherlands, where we respect individual freedoms, you know, you, you cannot help but sympathize with these people as well. Oh yeah, for sure, mm. for sure. Yep, yep. Hmm. Yeah, we went deep there, man. Yeah, <laughs> pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're in Taiwan. I am. Uh, yes. yes. Well, right well, now I'm in your garden, but yeah. uh, I do live in Taiwan. Yeah. Permanent residency. No, temporary residency. Uh, yeah, how long are you allowed to be there? Um, I my current identity card because I do have one. Uh, it's uh, it it allows me to travel in and out of Taiwan until next uh, summer, next year summer two thousand. Yeah, summer two thousand eighteen. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. You can just like show it. Bam, entrance. <laughs> Bam, out. <laughs> That's sweet. I know. Yeah, so you're you're there uh, learning Chinese? Yeah, learning Chinese and doing a master in uh, so-called Asia and Pacific Studies. Hmm. Hmm. That's a big, a big field. It is, it is, yeah. Cool. I think, uh, yeah, you, you uh, won't have any problems finding a job, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I hope to start working next year, so we'll Try to put that into practice. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if uh, things uh, end up going the way I think they will, pick me up once in your private helicopter, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll make sure that I'll do that <laughs> <laughs> as, as a return for this uh, great opportunity. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. Like not everyone wants to do it. People are kind of you know they're kind of nervous about it or something, or they, they just don't think you know they're interesting or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I appreciate it, man. It's fun. Yeah, talking to you is always relaxing and fun, so yeah. no reason why not to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'll, yeah. Dr- I'll drink to that, man. Cheers. Hey, let's, uh, here we go. Boom. Yes.
Mm. Some good red wine. It is. My uh, my grandma gave it to me. Really? Yeah. I, uh, Your grandma has a good taste. Oh yeah, she uh, she loves a good life, man. Mm. That's uh, I definitely inherited that uh, that trait from uh, from my family, man. That's what we call mad props with your grand down <laughs> south, right? She's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Oma else, grandma else, grandma else. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you you um you you met her once when we were in the band. Like oh yeah, we didn't even even. Uh, open up with that we should start with that we were uh we were in a little uh, rock band when we were uh, 15 15 years ago or something extremely successfully locally yeah yeah we we had uh yeah we played a couple of gigs man yeah we uh we did a battle of the band and um and won the first round we won the first round yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. and the cool thing was the, the <laughs> your position would be uh, determined by how much beer the bar sold that night. Uh, we were up against like one band that had a huge fan base with them. Like they, they had like they were huge for us locally. Yeah. I guess the, he had it was like in a small, smallish bars. So, so they, they had like thirty people with them or something. Thirty dudes mm. just ready to drink, and we, <laughs> we we had a group of around like ten, twelve, like Dick's friends, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, just just my friends and just the people who happened to be in the bar that night for to watch, and we had a smaller group, but yet we uh, sold way more booze than the Dude, that 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 beer went like a how do you call it like a. Oh, Lobe in the bunt, you like know? a conveyor belt, like a conveyor belt, almost. Yeah, yeah oh, we, we were we were the we were band that really got the party started everywhere. Yeah, I mean, man. That, that 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 was the one thing we we were just really good at, man. <laughs> oh man, good times, man. That's like some real some real good memories right there, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was, but it was always just just uh, by the time we went into the second song, it was just a party, man. Oh man, like every everyone was 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 you know uh getting into it and then kind of interacting and you know uh, Rick, and we we all had, would yeah. just give the mic to someone in the crowd and shit and yeah we all had like our our solos and like our little yeah. you know yeah we had drum solos guitar solos and uh we, we were actually pretty pretty decent too man that night was probably like we we, we raised our the bar a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm sure i've got some grainy recording somewhere man really I, I, yeah I'll, I'll um we I'll, should watch that yeah i will um i'm gonna search search in my computer tonight see if i can find it i'll, mm. I'll put it in the show too yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh man i'm, I'm sure that this is appreciate <laughs> yeah i'll put it in the end that musical greatness that we <laughs> unearthed that night yeah <laughs> and and you know people listen to this what the fuck these guys suck <laughs> What are these <laughs> retards doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. That's very true. That's very true. But uh, I think I think I sold it pretty well there. Yeah, yeah. 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 People are gonna want to listen to it now, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um, yeah, you're in Taiwan, and besides pursuing your studies there, you also got a little business going there, and 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 you're uh, like a DJ too. Yeah, and an Instagram star on in Taiwan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life in Taiwan is is great. I tell you, Dick. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the two weeks I spent there with you. <laughs> There's actually, um, you know, this uh, this foreigner who has this YouTube account that made a video of reasons why not to come to Taiwan. But you know that whole 
that was made in order to to repel other foreigners from coming as well <laughs> so as to keep the whole experience to ourselves because <laughs> man it is it is great living there people are super nice um it is a bit bad but like foreigners are being discriminated positively I noticed that, man. When I was there, dude, I felt like a rock star. I it know. was fucking awesome. I, I know, I know. And, you know, you should feel, I don't know, like, it's it's not really fair, but it does still feel good to be treated. Dude, it's, nicely. it's fucking awesome. I, I don't give a fuck. It's, it's great. <laughs> Please yeah. don't change that. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, like, Taiwanese guys, super nice. Taiwanese girls, also dude, very nice. I've, it's, you know, like, when I go to a bar, you know, like I always like talking to chicks, but I I always have to go up to them. And um, but when I went there before I ordered my first drink, there were two two of the hottest chicks in the bar came to talk to me. Yeah, yeah, it, beautiful and, life, right? And yeah, it was it was amazing, man. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's also a reason why I, I and, and, yeah. and all the Taiwanese dudes they were they were annoyed with it too. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are there is a, a current in Taiwan that's uh, that's like yeah not really happy with the uh, attention that some of the uh, foreign guys get. But yeah. uh, well, hey man, I can't help it. But uh, and I don't feel bad at all for enjoying the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like in 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 one where Taiwan is is a nice country to live in, people are nice, and uh, food is quite cheap, rent is very cheap, and in in that sense, you know, like they're also a very free society. They have like a full going democracy, and uh, you can say whatever you want, you can protest against every anyone who you want. It's 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 basically like uh, I would say the most developed uh, democracy in Asia. Well, I think Japan still has that crown. Don't you the think sec- the second most democratized country in Asia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but I was uh, I was impressed with it. Like when when I went there, I I had no idea. I, re- I had not much idea about the country. You know, I was I knew it was uh, next to China, and you know that's like a. I I knew like the broad uh, the broad facts about it, but mm. uh, and you know I saw pictures of the city. Read and a everything. couple of books. Yeah, and you know, but um, when I got there, I was just I was very impressed with it. It was uh, it was a little yeah. It, it's a it's a little it's not super clean. It's it's a little it's a little messy. It's a little dirty, but kind of like uh, has character, like, kind of yeah. like Bangkok, I'd say. Mm. But uh, but everything. Uh, run all the trains run on time. Everything works. It's uh, it's very harmonious. You know? Yeah, and um, everything's uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, no, I definitely life in Taipei is quite quite nice, and uh, the government offers super safe too. Super safe. Actually, it's safer than the Netherlands. There, are yeah, a lot of people who who I personally know uh, who who just forgot their cameras and mobile phones on buses, metros, trains. Even on the street, they dropped it on the street, and it always came back. And that's on those moments, I actually did feel like, damn, like you know, my country could also learn something from this. Oh yeah, this. for sure. Yeah, and yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit of um, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, a bit of a reality check, you know, like especially a lot of foreigners, or I mean, uh, Westerners, they feel that you know, like Western Europe or America or Northern Europe. Uh, it's it, it's basically the best or the best states in the world. But when you when you find these situations where all of a sudden people are so nice and you know the things that you lose are not being stolen but actually returned, even though there might not be any repercussions for these people, mm-hmm. it is it it does make you realize like damn you know 
it can be better. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, different aspects, though. I mean, of course, of we course. we do a lot of other things really, really well that they don't do well at all. Definitely, definitely. and and the, it's it's the other way around as well. Yeah. I think we can learn a whole lot from each other. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of it's it's I I don't, I don't know if you can even define it as better or worse. I mean, it's just. I can totally see uh, if if you really got used to the way the world works over there, that you might just prefer it over the way it happens here. You know, yeah. I, I I have a hard time imagining that, that would happen to me, but I can totally see if you know someone just finds that a more pleasant way to do things. Yeah, well, you know, like one of the like uh, practical nice things, like if you go out here in the Netherlands to a bar or club, you know, you can obviously talk to people, but. <coughs> In general, I would say people are a bit uh, hesitant to mm-hmm. to let new people to their their group of people that they're comfortable with at that time. Yeah, exactly. Get, it's, they, it's 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 kind of there's there's a definitely a little barrier when you want to start a conversation with a stranger. Like, hey, do yeah. I do I know you or? Yeah, that's uh, the first question. Why are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. But while it's in Taiwan, when you go out, especially the nightclub scene, people are, are very approachable. You can talk to them and. You know, as long as you're not too creepy, dick, to girls, <laughs> then you know you're you're welcome. And they they happily talk to you for like ten, fifteen minutes, or you know, if it clicks for a longer. The fuck are you insinuating? Nothing there? at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, we might have the first uh, on-air fight here. Oh snap! <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, what I what I mean is that uh, people are very approachable in Taiwan, and they're they're open to talk to 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 new people from different backgrounds i like that hmm. yeah yeah it's um yeah again it, it, i've i found that to be very just very nice you know it's uh and they were they they fixed your phone for free as well yeah oh yeah that's true yeah i had this uh, sony ericsson uh, z3 compact i remember that thing man i was i thought it was i was gonna love it but it ended up being the worst phone i've ever had what a piece of shit that thing was it's a nice uh, like a uh, nice advertisement right now for yeah. sony mm-hmm. yeah I, I love sony like oh. they make I, I love their hi-fi stuff and they they make really good uh, speakers as well just not their z3 branch but, but yeah, their, their <laughs> phones they're just uh i don't know what it, it's just a different company within the company i guess but their phones are just shit yeah, in my How about, in, yeah. in my experience. But anyway, I, I had this piece of shit phone, and and the and the screen came loose, and I, you know, just a glass uh, detached from the phone, and went to this uh, phone, phone fixing booth, yeah, yeah, and just showed it to him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we can fix it. You can you can come back in half an hour. <laughs> that was so, great. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll put a picture and a link to them too uh, because I I I was so happy with them that I made a note of it. Aww. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we came back and they just fixed the thing for free, you know. And we, we, I was like, "But I want to pay you." No, 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 that's unnecessary, man. Like you're 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 in my country. I like that you're here, and um, I just fix your phone for you. I just I want you to have a good night. It's all good. <laughs> it's very representative, I think, of uh, yeah. Taiwanese spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So um that yeah that's that's one of the reasons why I I, I like being in that environment there, yeah. Yeah, but uh, tell me about your uh, your uh, DJ uh, gig. Like you're a king down there, literally. Yeah. 
Yes. What, what's your What's your Twitter or, or Facebook handle or whatever? My, my, my fan page name, uh, my 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 alter ego. It's, <laughs> it's called King Ming. So you know, like uh, like a king, and then Ming M I N G. Also on Facebook, <laughs> I report often in Chinese, actually. So I'm not sure if our uh, international uh, listeners uh, would understand that uh, with the text, but oh, uh, the the. the um but the translation on Facebook works pretty good. So. That does, yeah. yeah. And there's uh, photos, videos of my life there. So, uh, you know, as... Um, Is it, are you on Instagram as well? I am, but more as my uh, personal profile. I don't okay. have a... Yeah. Okay. So anyways... Um, Instagram's where it's at, man. Yeah. Oh, gotta invest more in that stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, so I already started DJing uh, when I was in uh, in college and just kind of messed around there. And then when I was in Taiwan, um, you know, I tried to capitalize on that. Obviously, you know, everyone, if you have time, like you always try to make an extra buck, you know, sure that you can spend later. Um, so, you know, uh, I tried to use uh, my, my DJ skills in order to do so. And I got a few gigs, pretty cool, like uh, a few nice anecdotes. This one time I was, um, I was uh, playing uh, at this pretty big party of a university who uh, rented out a, a pretty nice big club in Taiwan. And um, they had prepared this McDonald's snacks for us backstage. <laughs> and it was just like this whole big old pile of McChickens. <laughs> and it, it wasn't going to be finished. It was already kind of like, you know, it was getting a bit late. And I know I had a lot of friends in the audience. So what I did is I was just like, I grabbed my shirt, kind of pulled it out and just put all the McChickens in like a little pouch from my clothing. And I just went into the crowd and I came to my friends and I told them like, grab all these McChickens. And you know, being the drunk bastards that they were, they were so (laughs) overjoyed with the sensation of uh, McChickens on their palates (laughs) that they, uh, yeah, they were, oh, thanks so much. And, um, you know, just great times, really, actually, doing that. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I did a few performances uh, DJing as well. Um, but, you know, via that, you can you can expand your familiarity with other people, and you can also get other opportunities, like modeling, for instance. Yeah, yeah, I saw a couple of modeling photos of you, man. You were, you were getting married to some chick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, um, that was a marital <laughs> shoot, which uh, happens a lot in Taiwan. Um, like I don't know has this been going, coming uh, along in the Netherlands as well that before your marriage you have like a ton of uh, professionally taking pictures of of you of you, the husband and, um, and the wifey and uh, I don't know they well, should they should do it afterwards right I mean it's bad luck if you see the bride yeah well anyways mm. um, in Taiwan that's a huge thing so we did uh, <laughs> we did a shoot for uh, like a, a bridal photographer for him to do some advertising you know hot girl and me <laughs> like, yeah, <I laughs> one handsome motherfucker hey, nah it's alright man <laughs> anyways um, so it was me and her and uh, yeah we had some good photos taken and then, you know the menus make some more money that um, you know it always comes in handy yeah and you know uh, like you said earlier because a lot of doors are uh, open up very easily for uh, you know for a white dude it's all for your personal network as well you yeah know? I mean it's uh, it's always good to take advantage of that man like uh, take every opportunity you get of course yeah of course you know like we are we're all dealt a hand of cards some are better than others but you still got to use them to your uh, maximum potential for sure 
yeah always always go for uh for the highest possible outcome man of course yeah all right i'm gonna put those ribs in the grill man nice so i don't know maybe grab a couple of um grab a couple of beers i'm getting a dry mouth and uh, all right. maybe maybe take a leak all right all right and then we'll talk further all right all right great see you later guys so um i'm also recording uh well not recording but live streaming uh to taiwan oh shit i should have started that recording earlier oh yeah i should all right so we're live in taiwan now yeah um i gotta see how many followers we'll get but uh where, where are you on which platform it's uh it's an app called up level taiwan and uh what is quite uh what is quite um hot right now in taiwan uh, apart from the weather <laughs> is also this app uh, which is uh which is basically like live streaming and then people can give you presents or they can um they can follow you and it's, it's kind of like periscope i guess that's another app i think i'm, I'm not too quite sure what uh, periscope is periscope is like you can live stream uh, and that's all it does and it saves your live streams so i i think it is yeah um how how do people find you in there you put uh, topics in there or what you're talking about or um basically it's uh it's uh, a, see it's, like i i can't have that man no no nah. um maybe uh if you uh if you put it on airplane mode yeah and then turn on the wi-fi because wi-fi doesn't does, does it allow wi-fi yeah wi-fi doesn't interfere do you have a lot of um, watchers? Um, they'll probably increase as we'll go. Um, but for now, uh, we'll just be... Uh, I'm actually quite new to this app as well. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just uh, let them enjoy the uh, the recording. How many people are watching now? To be honest, I don't really know. This is the first time I'm using this. So you uh, can't see it? You, I think you can, but uh, it's also in Chinese. So Yeah, so I can help you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, think, cool. Yeah. I think we were talking about your DJ gig. Oh, yeah, my um, my site jobs earnings in Taiwan. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so apart from DJing, which was already... Talking to Mike. Ultimately awesome. Um I also managed to get a job as a PR in a club. And uh, basically, you just invite your friends to, to attend these parties. And and you get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's um, it, w- it was all right. Just put it in a place where you're comfortable. Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it hangs upside uh, down or whatever. Yeah, this is all right. Yeah, it's all right. Awesome. Well, yeah. um, point it up a little bit. Bam. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being a PR in Taiwan... It's 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 amazing. Um, it's you just invite your friends to the work the club that you work for. You don't even you have to like walk the streets or really push people into a club. You just invite them, and depending on the number of your friends that goes to the club, you get paid. Hmm. Amazing That's cool. stuff. Yeah. And uh, recently, even I started working at this place where they have these um, where beer pong is their specialty yeah actually <laughs> and they have these um there's a f- 
you just showed me a very funny photo of you. Yeah. <laughs> so so we have these like uh, where, where, like where can I uh, what's that ad like uh, you got to send it to me, man. I'll, I'll put it in the in show notes. It's funny. <laughs> all right, all right. I will. I definitely yeah. will show it. It looked like James Bond playing <laughs> beer pong. <laughs> so basically, we have these tables which have like uh, motion sensors and um, like ping pong balls with microchips in it, and when it hits the cup then like it's it 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 records your your performance and you know have an app that you can uh, use together with it and uh yeah it's just so much fun actually yeah it's like digital beer pong i guess it it is and it really... with, with, without the crazy physical part i think that's the only way you can really uh, do you know safe beer pong inside a bar you know <laughs> people not jumping over the table and dunking their ball and shit <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that's why yeah. we use the technology there <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's a great concept I'm mm. sure that I'm sure that could work here too man yeah yeah I mean think about it that's just so much fun yeah it is it is plus the loser pays only really so you know uh, you're kind of playing on people's pride and um, right well they well that's i mean that could lead to fights well i mean the fights <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i just imagine that being involved uh can can just lead to bad situations you know well you know like people kind of accept like all right if i lose i'm gonna have to pay 16 euros right yeah okay. and you know if you win you have free beer right i guess i'm i've been hanging out in the wrong bar <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right yeah so you but you were also djing yeah yeah so you know for djs there are two types of um of of, of roads you can walk and uh, the first one is very time consuming uh, when you produce your own music obviously then your original and also the uh, potential is is also greater but uh, you know for a student like me um i just prefer to take the other road which is you just um, download as many cool songs as you know and can find online and then in the club you mix them together so that there's a, a smooth transition between the two because you know in the end people just want to hear nice songs right and um did you, know. you what kind of what kind of music would you play would you play just really crazy out there maybe not as crazy as your type of music dick <laughs> but no <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know like in taiwan the, the the preferred music for taiwanese often is still uh, edm Electronic right. dance music, which is obviously not your favorite. No, no, I, I don't like it, man. But but there's, yeah. I mean, but there's within that realm. There's some, you know, some pretty crazy stuff recently too. Yeah, yeah. You ever you ever listen to this? Um, they call it retro wave. Um, I might or might have not. It's crazy, man. But when I was in New York, my friend there introduced me to it. And they use samples and sounds from from the eighties. Yeah. So very synthy, just synthesizers and um, the big echo drums and everything. And they also use it's it's weird. They also use sounds from like background ambient music from hor- from horror movies, and uh, and they also mix some video game really? sound effects in there. It's really weird. And and the songs are they're like songs. They're like four four to five minutes long. So it's it's almost like um, uh, listening to to rock music in a way. And the biggest guy in that genre is is a huge metalhead. Really? Yeah. And and he just kind of came up with that. Uh, his name is uh, Carpenter Brut. Carpenter Brute. It's a French guy. No one really knows who he is. 
and it's unlike anything you've ever heard. It's uh, and I can totally see why why someone could, would hate it, but there's there's a, just a lot of depth in there. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, you know, I, I just you, you know I hate electronic music like mm-hmm. I know you love it so much. Fucking droning <laughs> beat, you know. It's, it's, you can listen to it all day, all night, right? Well, I, the thing the thing why why I have such a dislike for it. I within within like twenty seconds, I figured out all the layers that are in it there. It's very basic, yeah. And I'm like, well, I I get it, you know. Surprise me, put something new in there. But it's just like the same. It's it's very uh, shallow music, if you will. And I I just get bored and annoyed with it because there's just nothing there. I guess that's the point because that's all you want when you're when you're high on ecstasy. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's, well, they're not all high on ecstasy though. They're well, I, I, I've I've been at a couple of these parties, dude, and believe me. I mean, if I say eighty percent, that's probably still conservative. <laughs> it's just like kind of like the Walking Dead of of love, I guess. Like everyone loves each other. Everyone's just zonked out of it. You know, everyone in this, is in this like weird utopian mindset. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're in that state of mind, I can understand why you want simple music. <laughs> you know, to kind of like float on. You just have a beat going. That's just kind of like the heartbeat of the of what's going on. Kind of, I, I think that's more the point. And I don't like being on ecstasy and doing that kind of stuff. So I guess I, it's not for me, you know? I get the idea that uh, perhaps, you know, EDM just serves, music, serves a different purpose. It's it's a bit more basic, you know, yeah. easy, easy to understand right. um, for, for, for the mass publics. So in that sense, that's often being played in Taiwan, but I like to, my favorite type of music to play in clubs is trap. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with it. Isn't that like some kind of uh, hip hop uh, thing? A hip hop electronic kind of mix. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. It sounds so gangster, and I can like. <laughs> okay. I can, I can I can really bounce on that. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. I've I know I've heard it a couple of times. I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? So yeah, that's trap. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's 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 pretty intense. It is sort of intense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, and this is that. I imagine that music is not very mainstream over there. So you're kind of you know playing the crazy shit, right? <laughs> Trap is 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 far from mainstream there. Mainstream is still just electronic dance music, so yeah. EDM. Bam, bam, bam! Hmm. Everybody fucking jump! <laughs> you're, you're your favorite. Um, so um, that's the mainstream. But then you know, trap. Even though it's already quite mainstream in in like Europe for instance. Yeah. It's um, in the US it, as well. Yeah. yeah. It, it is just being introduced uh, to 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 Asia as as we speak. Right. Well, maybe if you start playing retro wave man, you'll introduce it there. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd love it actually, man. Oh, I will definitely give it a listen, yeah. Yeah. Google that shit, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Carpenter Brute it's interesting. It's something different, which is always good. It's uh, it's an original, new thing. Yeah, safe. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely give it a listen, Dick. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. What else? Um, yeah, you know, um, I can I can urge everyone. I think um, to 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 check out the um, all of you young people there, twenty to thirty years old. 1819 as well um, to check out the website of your local Taiwanese representative office 
see what scholarships they offer, and、uh, see if it's something for you. I mean, living in Taiwan three, six, nine months, you know, you can decide for yourself. You might be able to get a scholarship, nicely paid, and you know,、um, really stepping out abroad, experiencing a new culture, especially one as as safe as Taiwan is,、um, will, will surely be an experience that you'll cherish the rest of your life. Yeah. And if you learn Chinese, you know, then you're even more badass、That's、than other people. Yeah, for sure. It's、yeah. like straight up gangster. You know, <laughs> you you you're in a club, <laughs> or you're in a in a situation where you see a a person probably of Chinese heritage, <laughs> and you're just like, "Hey, man, you know, ah, you need to get gamma." No, but dude, that kind of works in everyone. Can you imagine what happens if you walk up to a couple of chicks? In a club, and you just, or in a bar, or whatever, and you just start talking Chinese to him, dude. That's the best opener you, you in the world, probably. You won't need another icebreaker ever in your life. No. Yeah. You, you know, the next step is to be able to speak Taiwanese. That's traditional Chinese, right?、Uh, no, actually. Oh, that's that's a writing system. I know, like. Uh, like China has、uh, simplified Chinese,、exactly. and Taiwan has traditional. So、Chinese. yeah, it's purely writing indeed. But Taiwanese is like the、um, the local language in Taiwan, and when you can speak that, that's like the most gangster that you can get. <laughs> like if you like, especially if you cuss at someone in Taiwanese, they're like, "Oh shit!" Can you say that? What does that sound like? Uh, uh, for instance, like "wasasia."、Yeah. No, that sounds mean. That means like, what the fuck are you looking at? And then like, can you say it again? Liquasashao. <laughs> what the fuck are you looking at? Ah,、uh, yeah. So it's basically, and also one of the、um, one of the words literally means semen. <laughs> so you know, it adds a little semen to the mix as well. Liquasashao. Fuck, that's an insult. What what the fuck are you looking at? Semen. I mean, no, with, no, no, with semen on top. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, like what? What the fuck are you looking at? But then you, like the the fucking part part is like the word for semen. <laughs> so it just like adds a new element to the whole. What the fuck are you looking at? Right. Liquasasial. <laughs> fuck, that's funny. What's another good one? Hmm. The always the the good one is a caninyang. Caninyang. That's like, it's like, excuse my French.、Uh, fuck your mom. Caninyang. Caninyang. You gotta you gotta try to like close the nose on the nyang. So caninyang. Caninyang. Yeah yeah yeah. That's that sounds rough. Caninyang. <laughs> that that、uh, that will probably have upset a lot of our Taiwanese viewers, Dick. Oh, I'm very sorry. Oh. I apologize to the Taiwanese community. <laughs> That's、uh, very politically correct for you to do, Dick. Yes, sir. Me keep at a pesca salo cocina. Oh snap! <laughs> That was Dickian for I respect everyone and love every race and culture and religion. Bam. What's? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. That's what it means. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's? It,、uh, give me another good one. Give you another good one. Give you another good one. Um. Yeah, yeah.、Um, you're really putting me on the spot here, Dick. I already、uh, whooped out two Taiwanese cursing words.、Um, well, how about just Chinese ones?、Mm, the easy one is uh, is uh, 去你的
Trinidad. It means. I remember you. You you told me that when I was there too. Trinidad. Trinidad. It's it's one of the uh, most basic ones because these three characters Trinidad are a character that you learn within two weeks of, of learning Chinese. <laughs> okay. It basically means like Chi is go and Nida is like yours. Like Ni is you and the makes it a possessive verb. So it's like Chi Nida. It's like nah, fuck you. Okay. Or uh, easy one. Um, we we just said Ganinyang, remember? Ganinyang, yeah. That was Taiwanese. But you can also say ch- in Chinese, uh, Cao Ni Ma. Cao Ni Ma. Cao. Cao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cao Ni Ma. Cao Ni Ma. Ah, perfect. Oh. It means fuck your mom as well. Dick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the things I'm uh, teaching you on, <laughs> on, on this podcast. Yeah, we're... Um, yeah, we're educating the world on how to tell people to fuck off everywhere. But um, <laughs> it's it's a, that's an important important thing to know, though. No, I'm I'm just very content that I taught you some Chinese. Yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. Most welcome. But it'll be five euros. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about a very um, positive one? How do you say "I love you" or or, uh, mm. or "You're important to me" or something? I love you. That's a, that's a word that a, a lot of people uh, might know. Like you know, like one thing in Chinese is "ni hao." That's "how are you?" Right. Or "hello." But, but then uh, "I love you" is "wo ai ni." Wo ai ni. Yeah, it's like "wo ai ni." Wo ai ni. Yeah, and then faster. Wo ai ni. Wo ai ni. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because the tones are quite important, as we uh, mentioned before. But wo ai ni is, um, it, it is a very uh, so s- you, strong a, expression. Like, like whiny. So that's, that's the way you say it. Wo ai ni. Wo ai ni. Yeah, that means, that really means I love you. Like it's a pretty big thing to say to people. Even uh, Chinese, they uh, often don't really say it to their family or. Really? Occasionally, not even to their lovers, because they would find it that strong. It would be awkward. Wow. Okay. So it's very. Um, if you say that thing, then you know, people will uh, take that quite uh, strongly. Okay. Uh, hmm. If you would say it to your business partner, he would be very awkward. Hmm. Yeah. He's okay. Like, you love me, bro. I'm sorry. I like you, but you're a cool dude. But ain't no love there for you, bro. <laughs> Perhaps something along these lines. What about, um, I think in Taiwan they don't do that anymore, but I was thinking about eating dogs and cats and all that shit. Um, actually, uh, recently there was a law um, that banned the eating of dogs. In Taiwan? Yeah. yeah. And cats, I've never heard. I, kn- I know that they're... In China, it does happen quite often, actually, in certain areas, eating oh, dude, of dogs and cats. Have you ever seen what what they do to those dogs? It's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's some of the worst things I've ever seen. It's it's, it's, it's something you don't want to see. No, they, they you wish you could unsee. Yeah, exactly. But what they do? They have just this this huge walk, like this huge big walk that's like uh, you know a diameter of, of like two meters or something, ten, uh, like. Um, six feet and they just boiling water in there and they just throw dogs in there and and they just throw them in boiling water and they they use big sticks to to push them under and they they try to escape and uh, they just boil them alive they do that shit i've also seen him see one guy literally with a fucking um like torch with like a gas torch you know the dog on a leash and he was just burning the dog alive with that torch 
That, they do that kind of shit, man. It's 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 horrifying. It's awful. It's so awful. Yeah. So yeah, in Taiwan, you wouldn't find these things. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So um, actually, they they treat uh, they treat animals so nice that the like some of the riverside parks they actually have like packs of dogs really who were either like set out back in nature by their owners or um you know are products of that reproducers of that so they they have a bunch of wild dogs uh, running around yeah but they, they actually do not really uh, attack the um the, the Taipeians, probably because yeah, because they come from domestic domesticized dogs, so. and, and because actually people very um, you, you know Europeans or Westerners will find it a bit strange, but um, Taiwanese people they actually go and feed the um, stray dogs. Okay, they 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 bring out like uh, you know like a like a meal, just put it there. And give give it to the food, give it to the dogs. Yeah, in Bali they did that too. It was a kind mm-hmm. of it was interesting. Like the dogs just kind of coexisted with everyone. It's a nice like human and animal bond, right? Yeah, I mean, apparently there's there's some stuff going down there with uh, where they uh, sometimes kill them and eat them too. But yeah, I, I found it that like all the the dogs didn't really have any owner, and they just kind of roamed around. They they got food from everybody, and they just you know didn't hurt anyone you know and everyone was just kind of fine with it and, and sometimes the dogs would just hang out with people and they would pet them and yeah the dogs were kind of like part of the community yeah and this 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 one time was pretty the dogs are so awesome there was uh, there was this, this best ta- animals in the world man <laughs> there, there was this ad this uh, Taiwanese lady who was um, putting like a like they call it a rice box or a lunch box which is rice and some some meat and some veggies is that the bento thing or uh, uh it's basically like uh they call it bian tang and it's or like, that's japanese i think it's yeah it's very similar to that okay yeah yeah, yeah bento and bian tang you know it's always a bit of similarity between these languages mm. anyways like this old woman was putting out a bian tang for this one lunch box for a dog and then this other taiwanese lady like she told her uh, you know, obviously in Chinese, like, yeah, there are already so many, you know, why are you still giving to that, gi- giving the food to them? And the lady was like, ah, they still got to eat and whatever. And, you know, it's just like this warmth from the heart. That's, uh, it's pretty inspirational. Yeah. It's just nice to see. Yeah. I can tell you got a lot of uh, love for the place, man. Yeah, I uh, I do. It's uh, it's just a bit of uh, unfortunate the air quality. Even though it's not as bad as Beijing, but it's it it cannot be compared to uh, that of the Netherlands. That's one thing I noticed. Yeah, you know all these little scooters, and uh, a lot of them are still two stroke, <laughs> and, and they just have I think the biggest coal power plant in the world. <coughs> and yeah, I'm not sure. There we go. I'm not sure how they handle that pollution stuff i'm pretty sure the rules are nearly as strict as ours no they're not so um yeah it's one one thing i uh i noticed that uh what do you what, what do you want G- give me that bottle it's good to to put from my phone <laughs> okay and, <you> know. <laughs> yes shit i would like a beer as well yeah is, tough luck son <laughs> is there another one uh there are beers in the fridge oh god damn it it's a hard life, man. Thug life. <laughs> well, I'll be back.
All right, well, Rick just joined the conversation. That's the first uh, first show we've done with uh, with three people. It's a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another. We have a handsome crew down here, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a shame everyone uh, has girlfriends. We would have just gone out and just slay some pussy. So, oh, <laughs> now, Nick. Now, now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, today uh, our, our 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 friend and uh, f- former fellow bandmate Rick has uh, joined the ranks. Yeah, man. Yeah, you were the singer, right? Yeah, <laughs> for about it was like ten, ten years ago. Yeah. So uh, and then we uh, joined the group together, and it was uh, our first. Uh, well, for all of us, it was a first band experience at the, yeah you, it was you, so much you know, fun man it was you, just you can hear that his uh, his voice is more honey like than <laughs> ours is isn't it yeah yeah our voices are just uh, you know like strangled bananas <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah those are some good days man mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we played some uh, nice gigs as well you 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 guys remember that one gig we did in the in a tiny little bar in uh, in Rotterdam? In Rotterdam, yeah. Oh. Uh, what was it called? Yeah, we were at a at a bar at a cafe. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the cafe is gone now. Yeah, the cafe uh, it went it went bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, it's now some kind of Turkish. Yeah, one of those smoke shops, I think. Yeah, shisha bars. Yeah, yeah, shisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty decent, yeah. but you know yeah. what's happening with the with the. Okay, we're still good. Okay. That was also uh, that was also our last gig. It was, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, we rented some some stuff. I remember <laughs> we we found out one or two hours before the show that uh, they didn't have a bass amplifier, <laughs> so we uh, barely that show barely even happened. So, but it was. I was ubiquitous to that fact. Yeah, well, we we wanted to protect you, you know. I just yeah. strolled in with my drum drumsticks, you know. Yeah, yeah, we we tried to protect you because you're a young kid, you know. Ah, oh, that was so considerate of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the guy, like, people started pouring in once we started playing, so like the beer sales went up, but the, all the neighbors starting to complain because we, 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 just, were, we were rock just, too hard. Yep, yeah, but we had everything cranked. Like I remember, this bass cabinet was like this full, like, uh, like four speaker cabinet. It was just big, huge, too big for the location. Yeah, way, way, way too big. Like, built for for like a stadium or some shit, and um, <laughs> and you know, like everything was like past past six you know with six out of ten like it was these things were just cranking they were blasting yeah yeah and and then um the guy kept telling us to uh to turn down and then then the audience got upset with us and so we slowly turned up again you know like every every song just give it a little notch and yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh the finals we did in sliedrecht yes. we uh that's the battle of the band. We talked yeah. about it earlier, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so cool because we we did, all didn't have um, uh, like uh, band experience, and we just joined forces together. And like about three weeks or something, you you arranged the the battle of the bands. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I mean, you got to put some pressure on yourself, man. <laughs> and so, and we had about four times to to rehearse or say maybe six to re- rehearse uh, our first songs. And uh, I remember that Thomas uh, got, got an ear infection. So uh, the, the, la- the, the, the last two uh, uh, times that we could rehearse, uh, Thomas wasn't there. So it was very difficult to uh, very difficult to practice because we d- didn't have a drummer. <laughs> so, <it's>, uh, <laughs> so it was uh, and and yeah, I know I remember that uh, I uh, I myself myself and uh, Dennis. Uh, Dennis was the bass player. Yeah, he was the bass player, and we were scared like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the first time that we played, I had something like yeah, guys, I I have no idea what what's going to happen maybe i just black out and and don't know anything or or what and uh but it went well <laughs> we, it was i think that's the best thing we did as a, yeah. as a band that yeah. was just that was just such a party yeah, man and I remember that I was uh, a little bit too, uh, too, uh, ent- uh, how do you say? And enthusiastic? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, and it was this, the, our first time. And uh, I was a uh, bit too much excited. So, uh, like the first, within the first song or the second song, I. F- fucked up my voice oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and we we couldn't play b- but i had to uh, sing the songs a little bit lower otherwise i couldn't uh, do it <laughs> so but it was uh, it was very 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 nice so we get to the final so it was cool yeah yeah we got second like we we established that earlier but it was uh, it was just good fun man if you're a young guy Learn an instrument, play in a band. It's uh, for sure, yeah, hundred percent. It's awesome. It's so much fun. And I, uh, and I remember the finals, and uh, Thomas was drumming like sh- like super loud. Oh, that, always, that, that, that always. Is my, that is my specialty. Yeah, I always drumming so loud. Yeah, he's he's like a like a fucking gorilla with those drums. <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just ridiculously loud. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's. That's awesome, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's the thing. Like if you if you play in a in a bar or in a live situation, uh, you, you can you know like a guitar amplifier has a volume button, but the drum kit doesn't. What, so what can I say? I cannot turn off these uh, these. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's the thing. Like so, you're always super fucking loud. So we have to be yeah. super fucking loud as well. So yeah. then we're all fucking loud. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the finals. I went home after the after the show after the gig, and I, when I go went to bed, I had a, like a beep in my ear. Nice. <laughs> we, we all did. Yeah. The next morning, I I still had a beep in my ear, so I was a little bit scared. <laughs> well, the if um, if you crash down on the cymbal, you know, like if you if you uh, if you're drumming and you hit the side of the cymbal, which is called a crash, and that's if you hit that hard, you produce like. 120 decibels or something really? maybe 130 they produce a lot of 120 decibels yeah i mean if clang <laughs> clang clang yeah but that's uh, like uh, like a boeing taking off that's like 130 uh decibels so that's three only three times as loud as that so that's uh you know that's pretty 
pretty crazy. And if you're if you're close to that, you can have uh, instant hearing damage for sure. Well, I'm sorry for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have survived it though. Yeah, yeah I, I have some uh, samples from it on uh, on places on YouTube. Really, <laughs> like years ago. <laughs> where, where, where can we find that? Well, I think if you uh, just uh, uh, search for under Minefield Nine. You press the button and you search for the the the, the first video I placed for the, the, like the first four videos. Then you can you can watch them all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I, I'm curious about what you guys think about all that. So yeah, check good, it out. <laughs> good times. Good times. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was good fun, man. Awesome. Some of the best yeah, days. Yeah. I kind of what I kind of want to do is just kind of bullshit a little bit until. Uh, Lovens come and then, or or we can just put the mics down and you know wait until he shows up and then we just uh, he just gets on the mic too. So we end with just the four of us. All right. Um, well, I must say I can notice uh, a multitude of saliva in my mouth right now. I can tell. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting because all of this meat <laughs> sizzling. Yeah. Well, I mean, those ribs have to go for at least another hour. Mm. Slow cooking, brother. Slow cooking. But uh, yeah, let's just um, put the mics down, wait until Lawrence shows up, and then just do a final goodbye. Safe. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> bye, people. Yeah. All right. Well, the fourth band member has arrived now. Lawrence. Yes, he's in the building. <laughs> and um, I figured this would be a cool way to end, you know, like the four friends coming together again after more than two years. And uh, yeah, I think it's cool to hear all the voices on there. Uh, the band is complete. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Guitar player, background vocalist, Lowend. All around everything. <laughs> <laughs> Gear carrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, Thomas, you have a Facebook fan page for your DJ stuff, and you you were also doing something with shoes. Tell listeners where where to find all that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dick. Um, I got a fan page for all my followers, especially in Taiwan. You know how a celebrity in Thailand in Taiwan lives it up. It's uh, <laughs> under the name of King Ming. Uh, that's K I N G M I N G. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what the keep fuck? Keep it real. And then in, in, yeah, keep in it a, real, man. Keep, keep it, it real. real. In addition, uh, I'm also running a, a football shoe store actually out of Taiwan. It's a Formosa football store. So if any of you uh, Taiwanese are listening, best football shoes in town for the best prices. Straight right. up. Yeah. Say, say it in Chinese too, man. Just plug your business in Chinese. All right. Hi,大家,晚上,我是 
足球鞋的商店，我们的进口的呃的商品都是从直接从荷兰进口，之后我们的足球鞋品质最佳，价钱最合理啊！大家嗯，谢谢你们可以帮我们按个赞，谢谢都在脸书上嗯。Bye bye. All right, and, and plug the show. I, I understand that. I think plug plug the show in Chinese too. One more time. Plug, what, what was it called the, again? The Polarizer Podcast, man. Ah, 对大家，谢谢你们的你们的关注哎，就是麻烦大家就是呃追踪这个 pod podcast podcast 这个 podcast Polarizer Podcast 呃，这是我的荷兰朋友在荷兰开的，他们都是一直用英文。所以，如果你们也想就是多习惯啊听英文的话，你们可以多多听这个<笑>这个 podcast <笑> Polarizer Podcast。谢谢大家。<笑> uh, <笑> uh, yeah, I mean, he could, he could, he could have. Sounds legit, though. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right, Rick, and you're into photography. Like, do you have a page where people can find your stuff? Uh, well, uh, I don't have a actually. I don't have a, a like a site. Okay, it's more like I worked uh, here and there, and I uh, just keep on meeting people. And when they're interested, they also、uh, they always ask like,、uh, "Hey, what are you doing?" So、uh, oh, I do something with、uh, photography or make、oh, videos. Should, you should、uh, you should put up a website, man. You make some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I do that because now.、Yeah. Um, Uh, I have a <laughs> different job, and after that, next to that, I want to really continue with photography and making、uh, new videos, like video clips or. Okay.、Like. Okay. Well,、yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lawrence, anything you want to add to this, or?、Uh? Uh, well, if we are going to be creative, I mean, I hear DJing, I hear football shoes, I hear. Production.、Uh, I'm into graphic design, and my portfolio can be found at laurentius.com. L a u r e n z i u s dot com.、Mm. Just to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta、right. be so professional? Ah,、uh, it's making us、uh, all look so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, he's 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 the most、uh, straight guy out of all of us at or at this table for sure. It's、uh, maybe a little bicurious. <laughs> okay, and on that note, I think it's time to end this fucking show. <laughs> yeah, well, thank everybody for listening. Check out,、um, <laughs> follow the show on Twitter. That's at the Polarizer, the underscore Polarizer, and、uh, you can check out the website for articles and photos and all that. You can、uh, find me on Instagram at Dutch Diederik. That's where all my photos are. And yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for、uh, being on the show, guys. I yeah, you're welcome.、It. I really,、uh, I really enjoyed、uh, having you on, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's、oh. cool stuff, man.、Mm. All right, thanks, guys, and thank you for listening and telling a friend and all that shit. And don't、uh, change. Bye.
been listening to the Polarizer podcast. Check the show notes for links and details on literally everything that was discussed and mentioned during the show. Subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes or your other favorite podcast directory to never miss an episode. And be so kind to give us a five-star rating and review. Visit thepolarizer.com for high-quality articles on making life an adventure, traveling the world, being the best you can be, and other topics that fuel the fire in your soul. That's thepolarizer.com. One word, including the. Thank you for listening. And thanks for telling a friend. It really makes all the difference.